Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is Greeny rolling along, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear hotline. Couldn't be more jammed today. I have a million things I need to get to, so let's dive right back into it. First order of business. I need to just continue to clear up this anniversary thing. For those of you just joining us here today, where you been? I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on. You need to be with us all two hours. Hembo's second wedding anniversary yesterday. He, he, his wife told him a couple of weeks in advance, you don't need to get me a gift. And he believed her. <laughs> it's so funny. I can't even say it out loud without laughing. And thank God he mentioned that to me, to which I told him, oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. And so we got her a beautiful sweater. She looks great in it. I told you it's cotton. Cotton equals sweater. Ask the best friend. Mm -hmm. These things are just, this is husband 101. This is not that complicated. And he arrives home yesterday to find, to his surprise, that she had not only purchased a gift for him, she had purchased two. And what I did not get a chance to finish explaining to you, Hembo, is just get used to this. This is what happens. Marriage is about always having something to hold over the other person. It's about always having something. When you screw something up, you need to have this. You need to have this card. Mm. This is a card you can play. Because you're going to screw things up left and right. You know why? Because you're a dope. You know why? Because you're a human being, and we all do. And so you need to have that at the ready. But I got you the nice sweater for mm. the anniversary. Huge. That's big. That's big. Had you not gotten it, that would have come up at the worst possible time. There would come a time in this marriage where the words would have come out of her mouth. Do you remember when I got you two gifts on our anniversary and you didn't get me anything? I'm telling you that would have come out of her mouth. And so those are the things you have to combat. You know, what is that expression like when, when uh, well, I don't want to use this because we've had all, all sorts of real issues with like uh, flooding and stuff like that. But like if there's a leak somewhere, you got to plug that one up and then you got to, it's like a whack-a-mole. That's a better analogy, particularly in the wake of, the, of all this stuff. Like, you know, whack-a-mole, something pops up, you got to knock it down. You got to be anticipating these things in a marriage. And if you're not prepared for that, Hembo, you're going to lose. So what you're saying is. She, in getting me two gifts and in telling me that I did not need to get her any, she did not have nefarious motives. This is just what women do. No, no, no. She had nefarious motives. She did have nefarious Correct. motives. Correct. That, that's what people do. I was hoodwinked. Well, how should I feel about this? Is this how every guy feels? You know how you should feel? What? Married. Okay. Next issue here. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. We've never done this. They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You kidding me? Hello? You play to win the game. Rant of the day. So we made an open for rant of the day, and we've never used it because we haven't had these. So I, what I want is I want you, and I'm going to ask your help for this again, because I want to bring this back. I love when a talk show host rants. I love when a talk show host just goes off. I don't do it often. Every now and again. But it's very rare for me. It's just not my style. But I love it when the talk show hosts do. So if you are listening to me on the radio right now, if you hear another host on your station, local, national, doesn't matter to me, just go off on something. Tweet it at us. Use hashtag Greeny, Greeny with a Y, and tweet it at us and let us know, and we will try and find it. We'll play it because I love these rants. And the one that we got from Dave Rothenberg is just one word or one sentence, but I love it. So Dave Rothenberg for those of you who don't know, he, he hosts the mornings in New York City for us on ESPN Radio New York. 
And he is to the Giants as I am to the Jets. So the Giants played a bad game week one. They lost their opener. They got blown out by Denver. They're playing tomorrow night against Washington, week two. Week two. And Dave Rothenberg said this. This is an elimination game. (laughs) That's it. I don't need to hear anymore. Bubba, I mean, it's just hilarious, right? Uh, Dave is the greatest. The best. And I say this with love. It's week two. It's week two. An elimination game. (laughs) Every team in the division but Philly lost week one. This is an elimination game. The most you could possibly be is one and a half games out of first place Friday morning with 15 games to go. But Dave said... This is an elimination game. I love it. I love it. Again, I hope it's clear that I am laughing along with it because I feel the same way. That's how I feel about my teams. When it's not your team you're talking about, you realize how hilarious it sounds to say that this is an elimination game. But anyway, that is our very condensed... Our very, very shortened rant of the day today that I really liked. In the meantime, let's get back to some football here. So we, I never, oh, no, no. I never gave you the answer to the question of the day. Let's do that. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. So this came up in our first hour. Again, you have to be listening the whole day and miss too much stuff. So we asked the question. On consecutive nights this week, two different baseball teams handled the same situation very differently. On Monday, the San Francisco Giants clinched a playoff spot. Not a division, not a this, not a that, a playoff spot. And they celebrated like they just won the World Series. They had the goggles, they had the champagne, they had the whole locker room celebration. The following night, the Dodgers, their arch rivals, also clinched a playoff spot. And they partied in, um, or celebrated in comparatively very calm fashion. They had a champagne toast like you might make at a, I don't know, a retirement party. (laughs) And they had a handshake line. So the question is, who did that right? Who got that right? So Bubba said, the Giants got it right. You should party like crazy. Hembo and Matthew Berry said the Dodgers got it right. Act like you've been there before. But the program is called Hashtag Greeny for a reason. There's only one opinion that really matters on this program. And so I will tell you who is right. And who is wrong? And this goes back, Hembo, to my giving you marital advice. I'm giving you just human being advice as an older, more mature, more experienced person. The person who was right in all of this, unquestionably, is Bubba. And the guys who got it right are the San Francisco Giants. In life, if you don't stop and smell the roses... No one's going to smell them for you. You don't want to get to the end and have everyone tell you, you know something? The roses smelled really good. It's a shame you missed them. Now, if you catch a six-yard pass on third and four in the first quarter of a football game and get up and do a celebration dance like it's a bar mitzvah, you're going a little too far. But in life, if you don't celebrate... The small victories, and this isn't even one of those. If you don't celebrate the small victories because you're just waiting for the big ones, you are making an enormous mistake. I tell this story at college and high school graduations anytime I'm asked to speak at one, including the one at my son's school just a month, well, I guess three months ago. Michael Jordan, when I covered him when he was playing baseball, started out his baseball career, oh, for his first something like 17. It was terrible. 
He was terrible. It was embarrassing. Sports Illustrated had a cover that said Michael Jordan and the White Sox are embarrassing baseball. I was there the night he got his first hit. Somewhere on the west coast of Florida, some tiny little ballpark. It couldn't have had more than 100 people in it because it had rained all day. Everyone thought the game would get called off, but they played it. Michael Jordan came to bat, swung out of his shoes at what he thought for sure was a fastball. It turned out to be a breaking ball and topped it up the third baseline, beat it out for a base hit. After that game, the three reporters who were at that game went down to the locker room, to the clubhouse, to interview him, where he was getting a beer shower from his very famous teammates. Frank Thomas was on that team, Jack McDowell, Robin Ventura. They're pouring cheap beer all over Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who at that time had already won two gold medals and three NBA championships and hit his shot to win the national championship in college as a freshman. And in that moment, I saw a look of satisfaction and achievement on his face that was the equal of anything I've ever seen. And so my lesson that I took from that and that I impart to anyone who will listen is, in life, every win in your, in your life, every victory you have is not going to be a line drive that smashes off the left center field wall. In life, you're going to have a lot more dribblers up the third baseline that you beat out. And if you don't celebrate them, you are missing what makes life wonderful. Those things will be there for you every day if only you would look for them. So my advice is look. Absolutely look for reasons to celebrate what you've accomplished. Because if you don't, nobody will. And when you get to the end of this thing, no one sits there and says, you know, I'm glad I acted like I'd been there before. Revel and celebrate the moments of your victory, no matter how small other people may think they are. That is my advice to you, Hembo, and to anybody listening. I hope that you take it seriously because you're not a fun enough person. You don't have enough fun in your life, and I'm trying to fun you up here. So I want you to celebrate. Now, you had your second anniversary. What did you and Lizzie do? We went out to a Greek restaurant last night. It was delicious. Had a delicious dinner. Wonderful. This weekend, I want you to go nuts. Now, you can't do it now because you've got work tomorrow morning, Mm -hmm. and you have to be here at 4 o'clock and everything else. Right. But on Friday night or Saturday night, I want you to let your hair down. If you had hair, I want you to just go completely crazy in celebration of the second anniversary, because you know why? If you don't, who's going to? That's my advice to you. Some things have been low on our to do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. You need select quote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at selectquote.com. That's selectquote.com. Coming up, I will tell you what Patrick Mahomes has in common with Tiger Woods. That's next on ESPN Radio. From the NFL. His mindset will take him there. I tried it in practice. I think I can do it. It's not going to work in the game. To college. The Big 12 is left out in the cold. How can they get back here? Football lives here. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Every weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests, uh, as always, are on the Goodyear hotline. And the next thing I want to talk about is something that sort of came to me organically yesterday. But I think it's an interesting point. Hembo, I don't know if this can be quantified in any statistics or analytics. But there's no question it is a factor. And I think all sports fans will understand when I say it. So Patrick Mahomes reminds me of Tiger Woods in one very important way, and I'm going to explain why. So Tiger Woods was an anomaly when he was at his best in the sport of golf for the following reason. Golf is the one sport where there is no defense. Everyone is individually playing against the golf course. But if I'm playing against you, Hembo, I can't impact what you do and you can't impact what I do. It's not like tennis or basketball or any other sport in which you play offense and defense, pitching, all those different things. But Tiger sort of had it a little different. There was something called the Tiger effect. And people would marvel at it. Why is it that all these players make these crazy mistakes whenever they're matched up against Tiger? When Tiger is in the field, why is it players play less well than they usually do? Why is it anyone on a Sunday at a major when Tiger is in contention? These guys go out there and they shoot 78. Why does this happen? The Tiger effect. And it is a genuine, for sure, psychological effect that there is an added level of pressure when you're going up against Tiger. Not because he's so great but because you knew he wouldn't make a mistake. Tiger Woods with the lead was money in the bank like no one has ever been before because Tiger wasn't going to be the one who made the mistake. So how does this apply not only to Patrick Mahomes, but I would put Tom Brady in this conversation. I would put Derek Jeter in this conversation. It was actually Graziano making that remark that made me think of it. Dan Graziano used to cover the New York Yankees at the heyday of Derek Jeter. And he would say, or he said to me yesterday, why is it that all these other teams would make these colossal mistakes when they played the Yankees? If you watched, when the Yankees were at their best, 
They never made the mistake. And if you were a Yankee hater, you know what drove you crazy. My God, every time they get this break and they get that break and this team throws that away and the pitcher can't figure it and all these things that happen. That's not an accident. That is a function of pressure. It is additional pressure that is created by the knowledge that they're not going to make the mistake. And I think Jeter, as the leader of those teams, gets the credit for that. Because Jeter, as the leader of those teams, made sure the I's were dotted, the T's were crossed, and the mistake wasn't going to get made in the big moments. Same with Brady and the Patriots. Why is it that every team makes the critical error in the heyday of the Patriots? The terrible interception, the fumble. It's because they know New England isn't going to. One of the ways the teams count on winning is we'll play them tough and then we'll count on them to make the big mistake. The Patriots never did. Brady never did. And so that added an extra layer of pressure. So you tried a little harder. You tried to do things maybe every now and again to go all the way back to the golf analogy. If I'm 245 away from the green, I probably shouldn't take out my three wood and try and get there. I should probably do that in two pieces. But if I'm playing Tiger Woods, I won't. Why? Because I know I need to do something I'm not always capable of doing to beat that guy. And as I watched Cleveland implode in a fourth quarter against Mahomes and the Chiefs the other day, that's what I was reminded of. There is an extra level of pressure going up against that guy because you know if you're not perfect, you can't beat him. And in sports as in life, Perfect is practically impossible. That is my thesis. Hembo, what do you think of it? I buy it. I buy it. It makes a good bit of sense to me. It's much, it's much easier in life to, or in sports to be successful when you know you just have to be you, when you don't have to be perfect. But like you said, in order to beat them, you practically have to be. Kimberly Martin, who hosted Get Up This Morning with you, was actually at that game. And in her overnight note to me, she said, coming into the game, there was a Browns team official that likened their strategy to playing the Chiefs to playing the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. If you recall, five, six years ago, the Golden State Warriors could beat you then if they only played one good quarter. In their case, it was usually the third. What happened on Sunday was the exact same thing. So I suppose your thesis holds up given the fact that the Browns themselves and probably other teams around the NFL feel the exact same way. Airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring. Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Let me get Bubba in on this conversation. Many of you may not know that before Bubba's tenure here uh, in radio production, which has been uh, obviously the stuff of legend, um, Bubba was, has a doctorate in psychology and actually taught it at the university level uh, for many years. And, and so no one understands psychology, Bubba, better than you do. So what are your thoughts, Bubba? Do you believe that there is a Mahomes effect in the sport right now that impacted the Browns on Sunday and that this is a thing that we should be paying attention to as the NFL season goes on? I do. I think uh, I think the Mahomes effect is real. Definitely the Brady effect, for sure. Tiger effect. And I think the Mahomes effect, I think we're starting to see it creep in there. And uh, beware, because the Dak effect is coming next. <laughs> well, let me say this. So uh, he is a well-known, Bubba is a well-known Dak and Dallas lover. He's also a Met fan. But, but I've never really asked you, do you hate the Yankees? 
Um, you love the not Mets. Re- I mean, I kind of more when I was younger as a kid. Not really now. Okay. But did it drive you crazy during the heyday, during the Tory Jeter, Yankee run, where they won those four World Series in five years? Did it drive you crazy that teams would just make critical mistakes against them in the biggest moments all the time? No, not particularly. But you recognize it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, no. Yes, I recognize it. Yes. It didn't drive me crazy. It would just, I guess it would just be frustrating that um, just to see how the Yankees were good every year and just think it would just be positive things that always happen to the Yankees. So it would be frustrating when bad things always happen to the Mets. So what you're parsing. The complete opposite happened to the Mets every time. What you're parsing is the difference between driving you crazy and frustrating. Is that is that what it is? And in, 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 for me to get this from you here, you, you would have accepted frustrating but not drove you crazy? I think so, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, I wasn't losing my mind, but uh, We was, have a discrepancy. Correct. Hembo, it, was, it was mildly frustrating. Do you hate the Yankees? Uh, not anymore, because they're not that good anymore. Okay. But I hated the Yankees <laughs> during their heyday. Like, okay, but- so you recognize what I'm talking about. Yes. Would it drive you crazy? Every single freaking big game, someone throws a pitch in the dirt. Someone throws from shortstop, throws a ball on the stands. Some crazy thing that you never see happen happens in a big spot, and the Yankees win. It happens all the time. It happens the time. all the time. The, the, the best teams in sports aren't just dominant. They're inevitable. I think the best example is the Patriots' 28-3 to comeback against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You were watching the game knowing they were going to win down for much of that time by multiple touchdowns. But you were watching you were watching the train, you know, you sort of you know, ready to collide, despite the fact that the Falcons were in a much better position the whole time. At twenty eight three you thought that New England was going to win that game? No, no, no. It took a while. It was halfway through the third quarter or so. But then it, it became very clear they're going to win this game, and there's nothing the Falcons could do about it. That's right. And, and, but, but to see, there is, that's the point. That's, that's, that's really the heart of it. The Falcons did everything to play into it. They threw an interception. They, they committed a costly penalty. They took a terrible sack. They did all the things you can't do to win a game from there. Why? Because it was Brady. Because it was Bill. Because of exactly what we're talking about. I'm telling you that's real. There is a real factor in all of that, and that's what's going on. That is the reason the punter drops the snap and Nick Chubb fumbles, which he never does, and Baker Mayfield throws that that ridiculous interception Mm. at the end because the punter is thinking, man, if I don't kick this thing 70 yards, Mahomes is going to come right down and score on us. I'm going to have the biggest punt of my entire – uh-oh, I dropped the snap. And Nick Chubb is thinking, I need a couple extra yards. I need to fight for the extra – uh-oh, I fumbled the football. Instead of just thinking, play-winning football. Do the things you're supposed to do. As Bill always says, do your job. When you try and do too much against the great ones, you get the Tiger effect, which in the NFL is now the Mahomes effect. Greeny with you live, as always, from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 with all my guests on the Goodyear hotline making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. What do we have coming up next? Oh, I will answer a question I never imagined I would have to ask about one coach. You'll hear which one next after this on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills 
and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. In just a couple moments, I will answer a question I never imagined I would have to ask about one coach. But in the meantime, a quick message from DraftKings, and I assume you're playing DraftKings. I play it every single weekend. I had a very good week, actually, to start this season. It was great to see the teams back out there playing. That was just week one. DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, putting you in the center of the action for week two. And new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit, if you sign up right now using the code GREENY, get in on the action, you pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, you see how you stack up against everybody, feel the action like never before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now, use the code GREENY. New customers this week, a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Again, the code is GREENY, free shot at millions in prizes with your first deposit. That's code GREENY, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? But I got a couple of I'm sorry, what's here um, because some people said some very interesting stuff today. One of them was David Pollack on our TV show on Get Up. Now, I'll mention again, David Pollack leading into the draft, who is our college analyst extraordinaire, said on this radio show, Justin Fields has a chance to be a great NFL quarterback, but he will not be ready when the season starts as a rookie. He said that before he was drafted, before we knew where he was going to go, before we knew anything. And today, with everyone yelling and screaming about how they need to go to Fields in Chicago, David Pollock did not back down. I get it. And, and the talent is so insane. And you love what you see from Justin Fields. When you saw the preseason, 3.3 seconds per attempt. Led the NFL by far. Andy Dalton, week one versus the Rams. Getting the ball out of his hands in almost a second faster. Yes, we can be enamored with the talent. We can pour into that as much as we want because it is great. It is going to take Justin Fields time to learn how to process things. There's not a lot of protections that are diagnosed and drawn out at Ohio State. He doesn't have to worry about that as much. When you look at the Chicago Bears... They are doing what's best for their organization. So that was David, and that is quite the unpopular opinion. And I don't know that I agree with it, but I was happy to hear him say it and happy to see that he hasn't changed his mind. Now, I see a couple of notes, Hembo, from you on here. When you hear him say that, what do you think? I think of Mitchell Trubisky. I think of the fact that in 2018, we had Mitchell Trubisky with Matt Nagy 
as the third best quarterback in the NFL. And then for some reason, the Bears went away from what made them so good that year, and that was the quarterback run game. What's weird to me is the fact that now he's gone from Mitchell Trubisky, a top five pick, to Justin Fields, a top half of the first round pick, and not adapted his offense for the fact that he's like housing now two awesome athletic quarterbacks that don't sort of fit the exact thing that uh, he, Matt Nagy, wants to do. See, I think you're right. I think this is a lot more about the coach than it is, than that is getting generally credit for being. Here's the bottom line, and I don't know Matt Nagy at all, but I would imagine that if you're a football coach, you work your way up, right, all your life. You start out as a grunt, and you, you, know, you do all this work, and you work your way up, and you always have this vision in your head. Someday I'm going to be an NFL head coach, and when I am, this is what my team is going to be. And then you get that chance, and you are trying to create that. But what you are limited by is the players that you have. And in this case, in that case, he inherited Mitchell Trubisky. He got hired with Trubisky in place. He was hired as the offensive genius, the guru from Kansas City. He was supposed to come in and turn Mitchell Trubisky into a great player. He tried to turn Mitchell Trubisky into the player he wants him to be. What he thinks a quarterback should do. Like Nick Foles, but better. The narrative became Trubisky stinks. I don't know that that's true. Trubisky is far from perfect, and I don't think he's ever going to be an all-time great NFL quarterback, but he has a skill set. It was actually very similar when he came into the skill set Josh Allen had when he got drafted in Buffalo. And look what the Bills have done with Josh Allen in Buffalo. That's why I said the best thing that ever happened to Trubisky was getting to Buffalo. Mm. And I don't think he'll ever get his chance to play there, but he might get his chance again. And his career could be reinvigorated, resurrected, if he goes and plays at a place where the style befits, suits what he does well. So now they have fields. And you want him to hit his back foot and get rid of the ball in 2.4 seconds? That's your priority? That's the offense you want to run? With a rookie quarterback who David Pollock just told you never had to do that stuff in college? You knew who you were drafting. So design an offense that accentuates his strengths and diminishes his weaknesses and try and win. Because you're playing Andy Dalton. And with apologies to him, I've never met Andy Dalton in my life either. He's been a bad quarterback in the NFL for five years. Not just now. He has the 28th best QBR in the league the last five years. 28th. There were 32 teams. You do the math. So to me, this has more to do with the coach than is generally being discussed. There are multiple factors. This is a multi-layered situation. But that is a factor. So that's my first thought. Or that's the first thing. The next I'm sorry what is Jermichael Finley was on KJM this morning, Keyshawn and Jay Will and Max, and he was talking about his former teammate, his former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. This is what he said. I just don't see a work ethic in Aaron Rodgers that I have in previous years. He's a quarterback that doesn't never take blame for himself. He's that guy, if I throw the ball to the receiver, he's got to catch it wherever it's at. Uh, he's not a guy, if you go into the uh, into the film room and he, he made a bad pass, he's not that guy that's going to raise his hand and say, oh, that's my bad. He's going to make sure, make sure that the coaches know that uh, it, that's all on you. So that's an interesting thing for Jermichael Finley to say, and a lot of people's reaction has been, candidly what mine was as well. Why are you saying that about Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you played with him. He made your career. Aaron Rodgers has put a lot of people's kids in private school, right? The great quarterbacks do that. 
Rodgers, Manning, Brady. You don't even tell you who they are. You know who they are. But I suppose the counter to that is if you're asked a question and you want to give an honest answer, go ahead. And the one part of it that I do think is most legitimate is this. Rodgers acknowledges that he contemplated retirement during this offseason. Once you do that, you know, once you take a, once you sort of see the other side, and he's in this, from what I can tell, very happy relationship now with this glamorous person, and that can open up a lot of doors that even he previously maybe had never been aware of, and he's got a million other interests and a million other options, and he did the Jeopardy thing and all that stuff. You know, maybe in order to be a great football player, you have to essentially be willing to put your life on the line every week. You have to, for all intents and purposes, say, whatever it is that happens to me out there, it's worth it. And whatever I have to sacrifice and whatever grueling uh, nature of my life, I have to look at Brady. Brady will do this forever because he lives for that stuff. Tom Brady Sr. told it to us on this show. He lives for the grind. He lives for the workouts. He lives for the film and all that kind of stuff. Maybe Aaron Rodgers saw there's another side when he contemplated going to it. That's all I'm wondering about. The rest of it is nonsense. The rest of it I'm not paying any attention to. The whole not taking blame, throwing teammates under the bus. Aaron Rodgers has more than earned the benefit of the doubt on that stuff. And whatever Finley's reasons are for saying what he said, that's his business and it's not my concern. But... The idea that maybe, just maybe, you reach a point in your life where you th- you're, even if you're not aware of it yourself, you're not fully willing to be 150% in, which is what you have to be to be a great football player, that's the only part of that that I would wonder about. We'll see. He probably bounces back, plays a huge game Monday night against the Lions team, and, and then they're off and running. And that's probably what winds up happening here. If it doesn't, then we're going to have to have a long conversation. All right, and that brings us then back to this. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Here's the question of the day, and this is what I meant when I said I would answer a question I never imagined I would have to ask about one coach. The coach is Urban Meyer. And the question is, is this a disaster taking place right now? I, I can't believe I'm asking that. I know Urban a little. I've been around him a reasonable amount. I have the utmost respect for Urban Meyer as a football coach. Urban Meyer was an extraordinary college football coach. And he is a very smart man. Very smart. And the idea that he would have taken this step, taken this chance, if you will, to come to the NFL and coach Jacksonville (coughs) without being having thought it through front to back and studied it and understood every single element of it, the idea that he would have done, taken this job without doing all of that never would have occurred to me. I would have laughed at you if you had suggested it. But I don't know how much worse it could look than it has looked. From all of the miscues, you know them already by now, and we can all run them down, the hiring of the strength coach and the drafting the way they did and all the different things that he's done. And now, this opener, they got obliterated by a team that is tanking. The Texans are playing for the future. They have Deshaun Watson on the roster, and he's not playing. Now, we all understand what the reasons for that are. I'm not 
getting into that. All I'm saying is the Texans are a team that people, when we began the season, wondering could they go 0-17. And they crushed Jacksonville. Now, yeah, Jacksonville was 1-15 last year, so they're bad and they're going to be bad. But, boy, they got a lot more players than that. They got Trevor Lawrence. They got all this stuff. So is Urban Meyer going to become the next in this long line of college coaches who went to the NFL and just couldn't get it right? And we're talking about great coaches. Lou Holtz didn't last a season with the Jets. Nick Saban lasted two with Miami. Bobby Petrino, who's not on that same list of great coaches, but whatever, didn't make it through a season. Uh, Steve Spurrier couldn't do it in the NFL. Hembo, is that what we're heading for here in Jacksonville? It feels like it after one game. Now, I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't just won everywhere he's been. He has won at an historical level. He's, by win percentage, the best college coach since World War II. Right. But they're such different games. In college, Urban Meyer, what made him so great, or at least in part what made him so great, was an extraordinary ability to recruit the best players in the country to a school. And thus, in at least 90% of the games he coached, his players are better than the other team's players. He's operating at a player disadvantage right now because of where he started, of course, which he obviously knew. Without much of an infrastructure in place in Jacksonville, it would not stun me if this thing went, as you like to say, went sideways much sooner than I would have expected. So Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions on Sunday. The Houston Texans defense had three interceptions all of last year. They were the worst defense in the sport by a wide margin. We did a whole essay on how they wasted a year of Deshaun Watson's career. Again, Deshaun is in an entirely different situation right now. But that defense is awful. Awful. They're supposed to be awful. And they, Jacksonville made them look like a Super Bowl candidate. And here's the only thought I have. If this was happening in any other NFL market, mm. if a, a, a person whose profile is as high as Urban's and a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, who people were anointing, and, and I, I think still are, as the next Andrew Luck, John Elway, etc. If everything had been going as badly, if this was happening in New York and Chicago and all these other places, people would be losing. This would be the number one story everywhere. Everywhere. I'm not hearing anything about it. No one's talking about it. And I think that's just the Jacksonville of it all. But that Feels like one to keep a close eye on because I'm not sure how much worse it could have started than it has started going all the way back to when he first got there. I hope it turns around. I've, I like Urban. I have no issue whatsoever. I've had nice interactions with him all through my life. Um, but I just got to call it like you see it. I don't know how much worse it could have started than it has. All right, I want to finish today by just saying a few words about Norm McDonald. Um, like I think everybody, I was crushed yesterday when I saw the news that Norm McDonald had died of cancer at the age of 61. Like most people, I had no idea that he was ill, and I say it that way because from what I've read, he didn't want anyone to know. He didn't want his fans to know. He, he that almost Even the people who are close to him in his life, or many of them anyway, did not know of his illness. Uh, which he apparently had been battling for almost a decade. Again, all these, these things I did not know. And I did not know him. I, I cannot, um, I never met Norm MacDonald. I was at the ESPYs the year that he hosted it. Um, and I, I may have shook his hand briefly, but, I, but I, I, I did not know him at all. But I do know a lot of those Saturday Night Live guys who were from his cast. 
that era. He was of the Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, that that group, David Spade, that that, that whole era. And, and all of those guys have been on my shows, and I, I've gotten to know them on different levels. And what I can tell you is they all loved him, loved him. And I loved him. There was something so earnest and honest and open and selfless and vulnerable about his comedy. And of the many things that I thought of yesterday when I saw the news that he had died, I'm not sure if you've ever seen his stand-up when he went on Letterman the last time. He was a regular on David uh, Letterman's show. And the last time he was on with Dave, he did a magnificent stand-up set and then ended it by literally crying, talking about how much he loved Dave. He became super emotional. And that was just sort of your sense you got of the guy. Again, not ever having met him. You felt like you knew him. He was around for so long. He was so funny and so fearless um, that it was one of those where when you see that news yesterday, you feel like you've lost a member of the family. This is a person I didn't know at all. So like everyone, I was... Uh, really saddened to see that news yesterday, and we send our condolences to the people in his life who loved him um, because he was one of the funniest and uh, most entertaining and respected people in his industry that I think that there was in his generation. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greenie the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greenie on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.